Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Beth Young, a member here at Park Community Church from our Forest Glen location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, created The Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and walk with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Beth Young. Today, we're continuing in our series on the Minor Prophets with the prophet Zephaniah. Not a lot is known about him. I think that one of the reasons for this is that it emphasizes that this message isn't about Zephaniah. This collection of prophetic poems comes through the mouth of a man, but the origin of the message is the Lord himself, the one true God. Zephaniah's name means defended by God. His boldness in proclaiming God's word points to him trusting the God who empowered him to speak and how he can count on God as his refuge and defender. Zephaniah prophesied during the reign of King Josiah between 640 and 609 BC. Amidst widespread pagan worship, Josiah was trying to reestablish worship practices that were acceptable to God. King Josiah called for national repentance, he repaired the temple, and he had the law of the Lord read to the people. Zephaniah's message focused on the coming day of the Lord. It's urging God's people in Judah and people of all nations to course correct, to walk a path that honors the Lord, a path that can avoid death and destruction, both physical and spiritual. Israel is in spiritual danger because they are not keeping their covenant with God, and they're in the path of physical destruction coming by way of their earthly enemies. The poetry features apocalyptic word pictures that evoke fear of coming judgment, which collectively become the night in the day of the Lord, highlighting God's wrath against both the people of God and their pagan neighbors alike. It's burdensome language of violent, ultimate destruction, which is eminent for the shameless sinner, the complacent, the corrupt, the prideful, the rebellious, and defiled. Only a glimmer of hope in chapter 2 is mentioned for those few people that haven't committed apostasy, that God might shield them from his anger. God's universal judgment of sinners is the resounding message. Zephaniah 3.8 summarizes the Lord's judgment this way. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. I don't know about you, I'm uncomfortable with pictures of God's wrath, and I struggle with images of my Abba Father stretching out his hand in judgment and destruction. My God, the one who lovingly goes after the lost sheep, how can he be the one burning this place to the ground? It's okay that this makes us uncomfortable. In fact, we should be uncomfortable with sin, outright disgusted by it the way God is, We should be uncomfortable with the consequences of sin. These pictures should make us turn and run. Recognizing that we can't meet God's standard of holy, righteous living definitely makes us uncomfortable. 
on our own, we're destined to be in the camp of the corrupt, the prideful, rebellious, and defiled. One of the truths God has impressed upon me over the last few months is how desperately wicked my heart is without Him. Closed up in my home that seemed to be shrinking in size every day of social isolation, I spent far more time than I want to admit whining and complaining about how many of my preferred ways of living were being disrupted. My preferred style of socializing, coffee drinking, and worship were disrupted. My precious hours of child-free time were no longer available. The idols of my heart were showing up in subtle and glaringly obvious ways. I felt uncomfortable. I felt disgusted. Am I the same person who joyfully sings, Christ is enough for me? And yet I'm belly aching because in actuality, I'm living like I need Christ and my double espresso, Christ and time to myself, Christ and freedom to travel or make plans. I know I'm not alone in feeling like this season has been dark. Maybe you're like me and it was seeing the darkness of your sinful condition. Or maybe for you it was loneliness, a lack of financial security, fearing the loss of your own health, or even suffering the loss of a loved one. Zephaniah is revealing the darkness of his day. But he doesn't leave us there. The darkness of sin and judgment are followed by the hope of God's covenant blessing. The beauty of the sunrise is not fully appreciated until after the darkness of a long night. Zephaniah 3.9 says, For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. Praise the Lord that he has the power to bring all nations to himself, to unite them in Christ, to get glory from their speech. He can change a people destined for ultimate destruction and hopelessly separated from him because of their sin. The morning of the day of the Lord Zephaniah is prophesying about is the hope that we have in his ability to call those who are far from him and to purify them through the person and work of Jesus Christ. God can't and won't tolerate the evil that lives in our hearts and the evil that we inflict on one another. The desperate, sinful situation of the world today is heartbreaking. It feels hopeless, and it is incompatible with a holy God. In the sinless life of Jesus, his death and resurrection, God made a way to liberate us from all judgments against us. Zephaniah closes out with the great rejoicing that God has over each one of his children who seek him and follow him. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God Almighty rejoices over you, Christ follower. He saw your desperate situation. He provided a way of salvation, and he throws a party when you walk in his ways. My wicked heart wants alone time, but if I never get a quiet minute again, God is still good. Praise him. My selfishness wants the little daily indulgences, 
But if I only ever have bread and water, he has still given me more than the death and separation from him that I deserve. Hallelujah. I will choose obedience to the Lord my God, but my only hope of pleasing him is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like the old Rich Mullins song says, O God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step, you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. All glory to our God, who is restoring all people from every nation through his perfect justice and redeeming love. God gives the sinner what he does not deserve. He trades in our deserved death and eternal separation for his mercy and an eternity in his presence. Zephaniah gives a compact message that affirms God's sovereignty over all nations. It warns of the serious consequences of rebellion against the Lord, and it offers hope that God's blessings are abundant for those who repent of their sinful ways and put their full trust in him. Friend, if you are in a dark night of your soul, take heart. You can know with confidence that the morning is coming. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back with another short devotional, so stay tuned.